0: From Relay FM, this is Connected. Today's episode is episode seventy-one, and it is our year-in-review show. This episode is brought to you by Braintree and Text Expander from Smile. We'll be talking about those a little bit later on. My name is Mike Hurley, and I have the pleasure of being joined by Mr. Federico Vitici. Hey, Federico.
1: Oh, hey, Mike, and Merry Christmas.
0: Oh, Merry Christmas to Happy you. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. What it's nearly New Year, so I'll in yeah? advance say Happy New Year, and I extend those same airs and graces to Mr. Stephen Hackett.
2: Uh, good uh, good morning, gentlemen. It's, it's
0: <laughs> nice morning. to be back with you. Good morning. Uh, we have a great show lined up today. We're going to be doing our year in review episode. We started last year, um, and I'm happy it's now becoming a little bit of a tradition. So we're going to break down every month and talk about the things that happened and uh, look back fondly at the news of the year. But we do have a very slight piece of follow-up. We didn't want to do mm-hmm. any
2: follow-up today, but we kind of had to address this. Stephen, what happened? Uh, I would say that... We're in a transition period as the human race, really, between the year of Mike was right and the 18 months of Tichi was right. And in this transition, the Mike was right uh, remnant as, has had a, a bit of a boost. Uh, an article this week in the Wall Street Journal talks about nose tapping on the Apple Watch. Yep. Um, I am aware of this uh, article because it has been sent to me approximately 250
1: times. <laughs> yes.
2: Well, it's, that's what happens when you're a big deal on the internet, uh-huh. Mike. Uh, and, and it's an article that has words in it that I assume someone read. I didn't read. Uh, But there is a, a wonderful little graphic of a guy touching his nose to an Apple Watch. They did a the weird Like Wall Street Journal.
0: Yeah. That's what it's called, right? Stipple? Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a it's a
2: it's old timey looking.
0: I should have made this my profile picture for a while. <laughs> uh,
2: so this is an article here you can go read about it, but um, I it, it was long.
0: I have something very important to say in regards to Mike was right a little bit later on in the show.
1: I just want to point out how the title on the Wall Street Journal is different from the the permalink. Of the of the of the article itself. Oh, they do that all the time, don't so they? So the the real title should be "Nosy Apple Watch users discover another way to go hands-free," but for some reason on the webpage there's no "nosy" uh, before Apple Watch users. Um, I think that's a and and if you combine the title with the first photo, <laughs> it's just perfect. It's Mike, this is this is all you've been working for this year to to get some recognition of your, uh, I guess. Facial abilities. I feel for, kind
0: of sorry for people that work at the Wall Street Journal. Why? Because for the past two or three days, they keep getting this hashtag tweeted to them that they can't possibly understand. know. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, they just... I've seen it so much, right? Because people tagged me in and I was, like, searching the hashtag. And so many people were just, like, tweeting at Joanna Stern and I think, is it David Galloway, the guy who wrote the article, mm-hmm. and just saying Mike was right. Like, what can that mean, like, when you see that? It must be so weird.
1: They must have thought it was some kind of new spam, you know? That's a good point.
0: Maybe that's what they thought it was. But yeah, I feel sorry for them. But um, I'm pleased that that, that they wrote this and it's a really great way to finish uh, the year of, uh, well, again... We'll get to that shortly. So should we begin? I'm going to start with January. We're going to go round-robin style, which is our favorite way to conduct any type mm-hmm. of list. Yes. Um, so I'm going to talk about a, a small selection of the big stories that happened in January. we kick off with Mark Gurman leaking the 12-inch MacBook. If you remember, he wrote that massive piece uh, talking about all of the things that he'd found out in regards to what would eventually become the MacBook. Uh, Microsoft introduced the HoloLens, at a, an event that they did where they were talking about Windows 10. And Marco Arment wrote his uh, blog post about the functional high ground. Now, I want to start off by talking about the 12-inch uh, MacBook Air in a little bit more detail. I mean, I remember just us and every other uh, Apple-focused podcast talking about this for weeks. You know, we were saying, you know, oh, how could they make us uh, laptops so small? How could they only have one port? And they ended up doing it. And I just wonder, like, Stephen, what do you think looking back at this? Kind of, one, how crazy it was that and got it just so right, even down to, like, the design details. But also the fact that, we're now kind of in this world where the MacBook exists.
2: I mean, the leak really was an incredible piece of work on his part. Um, you know, the, the, the if you look at those renderings in that nine to five article, it looks like the, like it, it is the MacBook. It really is, uh, uncanny. And I think that as much as Apple heralds, the MacBook as the, the kind of the future of notebooks, which is like a, a phrase, the future of X Apple has used over the years for a bunch of different things. Um, clearly the MacBook I think is the future. I think that that computers, notebook computers, will look more like the MacBook in the future than they do now. But I think the MacBook itself is still really uh, early on in its life as a product. You know, we've my wife owns one. I, I use it pretty often. It's a fine machine. I, I don't want to um, talk down about it because it fit, it fits with what a lot of people want and need out of a Mac notebook. But it's definitely got some limitations depending on what's important to you. And I look forward to it becoming. Uh, a little bit faster in the future. But uh, I think that it, it's sort of leading the way in what Apple thinks uh, Notebook should be. I'm not saying that every Notebook is going to have one port on it. Uh, I think that's a concession they've made on this one. But I think the idea that uh, a laptop should be fanless and run cool and be super lightweight and thin is something that Apple's been working for uh, towards for a long time. I'm excited
0: for an update to this laptop. Because now in my iPad Pro world, um, I don't need a MacBook Pro anymore. All I need is a Mac that I can take on holidays and on trips and on vacations in case I need to edit audio. Like, that's all I need. And now the MacBook is too big and too heavy because I'm carrying the laptop with my iPad Pro, which is my favorite computer. Um, I was doing a lot of work on it this morning, Federico. I was, I was annotating mm-hmm. images and turning them into PDFs, a workflow it was glorious absolutely wow. glorious nice um, so nice. i'm i'm interested to see and i i've got my fingers crossed that the 12 inch macbook is like the original macbook air and that the next one is going to be super powerful i don't think it's going to happen hmm. but i've got my fingers crossed for it anyway
1: yeah looking back on the, at the these uh leak and, and uh, the announcement i wonder what's going to happen first if my macbook air is going to die and i'll have to buy one of these macbooks or if the ipad pro will get uh audio recording Features with iOS 10. I am pretty convinced you'll be buying a new Mac before that happens. <laughs> oh, what? <Yep. laughs> so pessimistic. Like
0: I just, I just don't see it happening. I because re- it just doesn't feel like that that is important enough to Apple to, to make it yeah. so you can podcast from your.
1: You sure. have no faith in the strength of my, you know, MacBook Air. I mean, it's in pretty bad shape, but it's still you know still going.
0: Didn't I read somewhere that you have to use uh, a third-party <laughs> app
2: to log in to your laptop?
1: Well, sometimes. Why not just change your password
2: not to use that key? <laughs> <laughs> you, 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 you're using a third-party app that, that installs like a kernel, like it does crazy stuff, instead of just changing your password.
1: Well, it's not as easy as it sounds, because basically the damage of the single E key extended to the entire row Oh my god! Like the Q W E R T row, and so for some reason, sometimes that row of keys don't work. So maybe I should use a password that just uses the bottom two rows.
0: Oh, my oh that's a,
1: that's a good idea, Simon. Actually, I should change I'll my password. You. Yeah. Mm. Oh my gosh.
0: Do you guys want to talk about any of the other stories from January? The functional high ground one is is you know Marco unfortunately got a lot of attention he didn't want for that piece, but I think that the merit was still there. And what I like the most now is that functional high ground has become a meme in our yeah. circle. That's yep. my uh, if if you ask me, that's the best thing that came out of it. Right? Uh, that we have functional we have the functional high ground meme.
1: Yeah, I don't know if Marco likes it that way. You know that that it's sort of a meme.
0: I definitely said it to him at one point. So and oh, I yeah? think he laughed.
1: Okay. So he's okay with it, yeah. It, I mean, he maybe. I mean, he made really strong points, but there was a a list. Uh, yeah, there was some truth to it. Uh, you know, there, it's no it secret that I mean, Apple.
0: This was about all the Discovery D stuff, right? And it was just a nightmare.
1: Yeah, but you can extend that to iOS, to OS 10, to Apple Watch. You know, there's with with such a wide product line, and this is one of the big topics of. 2015 Apple has a bunch of new products and platforms there are many issues that need to be fixed and you could argue that Apple when they had you know fewer products they were maybe in a sense more stable or maybe more finished when they launched because the company wasn't stretched so so thin you know to 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 manage a bunch of different ecosystems and devices, and so maybe you know Marco got the attention that he didn't want, and he, he, the timing he also said wasn't really on his part because basically it was before CES, I think, and everyone was was looking for something, was looking for news before the big trade show, so he definitely got you know a lot of attention, maybe even more than I mean, it was on TV, you know, the yep. the, the article, <laughs> so. But maybe I—I I think he said he, he, he almost wished he didn't write the posts. But I think there was some some excellent points. He yeah, raised. I think
0: you know, even though the the it, maybe the the intention wasn't the same and the what the you know the the action wasn't as desired, I think it was still worthwhile. Yeah. So yeah. should we move on to February?
2: Let's do it. Uh, so February had some some interesting tech news. Um, but I really wanted to focus on on two things. Uh, the beginning of Mike was right, which we just spoke about the end of it a second ago. Uh, but most importantly, February twenty sixth, twenty fifteen, was a very special, <laughs> special day.
0: It's the best day the internet has ever had.
2: Yeah, it was. It was. It, in in hindsight, it will historians will look on this day as the pinnacle of what the internet is. Two things happened. Uh, first, the what color is the dress uh, situation?
1: <laughs> it's happened. white and gold, man. <laughs>
2: uh, it is no. most of the time. Sometimes it's blue and black.
1: It's no, it's, Who knows how it works? It is, oh, come on, guys. Still arguing about this. It's blue and black. It's white and gold.
2: I have looked at it a couple no. times preparing notes for this show, and it's changed on me just doing that. Seriously, uh,
1: how can you see that as white and gold? Something it's, it's, is definitely wrong with your eyes if you well, see white and gold. Anyway, sorry.
2: Uh but a couple hours before that, um, you remember that two llamas made a great <laughs> escape to Phoenix. <laughs> and on this BuzzFeed page there's a vine and there's these llamas just running down the street with police cars chasing them. I'm so happy we have
0: two BuzzFeed links in our show notes for this episode.
2: It's uh it's a unique time here at here on Connected. Um so I don't know. February twenty sixth is a pretty great day in my opinion.
1: It was amazing, and and I, th- I remember the Lama. One of the llamas also went on TV as a some kind of guest uh, on a, on a talk show. I mean, obviously the, the llama can talk, but you know, um, that would be it, a whole it, different thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, it was it was pretty awesome. I, I remember I was I was uh, in my kitchen just making some coffee, and I was looking at the the live stream for the llamas. It was seriously amazing. So good job, internet.
2: And uh and then the beginning of uh of Mike was right, which I believe is episode what twenty eight of this of this fine program. Yeah,
0: so this is what I wanted to talk about. So this yeah. is this is the, the news for me. So we have two things here. Are we deciding that Mike was right is only twelve months? That was what the ruling was, right?
2: Yes. Which means you have a, a little more time. So
0: that means I have until the end of February.
2: Yeah. Well it can overlap with uh the year of TG. Okay.
0: Good. So then, I get I get my twelve months. We're not we're not done yet, guys.
1: It's gradual. Another two months of this insanity.
0: Well, look. What can I say? Like, you got this Wall Street (laughs) Journal article occurring. Like, it's it's still rolling on. (sighs) What have I done?
2: Remind us how how it started.
1: Microsoft started uh, with with the iPhone, right?
2: I believe. Yeah, it
1: was you
0: guys had just gotten the six plus. Yeah, and. That was kind of where it started, and and one of one of you said it in the episode, um, and then it kind of took off from there.
1: Yeah, remember you were trying to convince us that the six plus was the better size. You've <laughs> been doing that for, I think you, you had been doing that for a while, and then well, both... it was from
0: September to February, right? <laughs> like, it was a long yeah, time. I
1: mean, yeah, <laughs> i Stephen, and I are forced to listen to you, mm-hmm. and 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 then eventually Steven and I got our the iPhone six plus, and we were like actually we're liking this phone and so you were like oh yeah i told you guys you were like all gloating and and stuff and and i think i like half jokingly said yeah hashtag mike was right and then it you know a monster was born Mm
0: -hmm. yeah well you know it 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 became it had a life of its own that's lasted all the way up to the end (laughs) of the year and will continue through to through to next year
1: are you proud of the of the things you've you've carried under the Mike was Right banner?
0: Yeah, I mean, in all, in all seriousness, the thing that I'm most proud of is the iPad Pro thing, where I called oh. that they would do the iPad Pro at the September event, and everyone said I
1: was wrong. So not not the nose, no. The I mean Pro. that
0: thing is like I'm I'm happy that that occurs, uh, but after John Syracuse said, like systematically destroyed uh, all my hopes and dreams on an episode of ATP where they were talking about that um i've kind of backed away from the nose tapping thing as my crowning achievement.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: So my i think my crowning achievement for Mike was right was the calling the iPad uh at the September event. All right. What else happened in February, Stephen?
2: Uh we also have the beginning of rumors like the of the Apple car project, Project Titan, mm-hmm. and we see photos.app um for the first time. So kind of stories about something that may be way down uh the ro- I was really trying to say way down the road but i said it anyways uh, as far oh. as car rumors and then uh, of course photos which um photo management you guys m- may remember we've talked about like once or twice and uh <laughs> this is apple's uh shot at it and i think for the most part people like it and for the most part it's been uh successful for people so what do you guys think i mean the car thing, I think, is more interesting because photos is kind of, it is what it is. But you know, the car is a multi-year story and we're kind of, it's kind of been quiet. We know there's hiring going on and there's a lot of trading of blows between uh, Apple and Tesla in that department. And I don't know, do you, do you guys have any like thoughts on what this could, could end up meaning for uh, next year or down the road further?
1: Well, I think we're definitely going to hear a lot more, uh, at least in terms of rumors and hires next year. Uh, Making a car seems to me the kind of effort that some kind of major leak is going to occur, you know, Uh, whether it's testing or hiring people or buying new materials or setting up, you know, new new manufacturing plants. Something's going to leak, something major next year. At least that's how I feel. And... I'm, I'm keeping an eye on this project because it's so it's so different, right? I mean, it's one thing to say Apple is making a computer, then it's making a, an iPod, then he's making a phone, and now they're also making a watch, but it's all in the realm of computers in a way. But a car is a transportation vehicle. So that's... I mean, it, and it's, of course, based on computers and stuff, but it's so different from anything they've done before. And no, Stephen, the iPod sucks. Don't count. So <laughs> it's it's so different, and it and it requires such a different set of skills, and and people, and and you know suppliers, and that kind of stuff. It's it's really interesting to me, and you know the the multiple uh, remarks uh, by Jeff Williams and Tim Cook, or, like, we don't want to talk about the car, but they're obviously working on something for the car. And every time they say, yeah, we have CarPlay, and sure, okay, uh, we'll see we'll see what happens. I wouldn't be surprised if 2016, Gurman will have a major scoop on the Apple Car. You know, we'll see.
0: I kind of don't want to think about the Apple Car, like, the whole no, because they don't have a license, just the whole <laughs> idea of it still seems ridiculous to me, um, and I can't completely see why they would want to do it. Uh, but one of my other favorite stories from February was the New Yorker's profile of Johnny Ive. Yeah, that was a good one. That was a great piece, kind of unprecedented, and I like that it exists as a thing. I thought it was really interesting to read. Um, so yeah, that's. That's cool. I'm, I'm pleased that they that they did that. And I remember I didn't read this. I read a narration that somebody did. I can't remember yes. where that came from. Oh, oh, somebody narrated it that? for me and then and I just listened to it. It was awesome.
1: Oh, I remember that. Yeah. Also from February... I think we saw the first in a a string of acquisitions from Microsoft, they Mm -hmm. bought Sunrise, the popular and free calendar app for iOS and Android, and the web, and the Mac also, Uh, so it was on a bunch of platforms, and we wondered what's going to happen with Sunrise, and, you know, Microsoft is kind of switching to be more of a cloud-slash-mobile company, and, you know, Everyone that I knew loved Sunrise. It was the kind of calendar app with great design and integrations with a bunch of services. Uh, so we, as we'll see during the next few months in in this uh, roundup, uh, Microsoft has been doing quite a few of these acquisitions and you know kind of reimagining their portfolio of iOS apps. So, but I think we can trace back the, you know, this trend to to Sunrise. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, and now look where they are, right? Integrating into Outlook. Like it's yep. it's an interesting time for Microsoft, especially if you're an iOS user. Yep. So that wraps up February. Um, so I'm going to take a quick break and then we'll get into March, which Federico, marches. March is yeah. your month, man. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm excited to hear you talk about that. This episode is brought to you by Braintree, code for easy online payments. If you're a mobile app developer, check out Braintree. Braintree is the payment solution used by companies like Uber, Airbnb, Hotel Tonight, Living Social... A Braintree has made the payment experiences that you will use in these apps seamless. And now you can add a similar magical experience to your own app as well. They have excellent customer service and simple integration for developers. You can very easily get Braintree into your app so you can receive your payments quickly. Braintree has continuous support. They are always making their their platform better and they're always there for their customers and users to make sure that it's all good, everything's fine and dandy. They also have fast payouts as well, which means you'll be prepared as your company grows from your first dollar to your billionth. Braintree is also helping solve the problem of mobile car abandonment by offering a best-in-class mobile checkout experience. And they, they make the payment experiences in some of the apps that you use Seamless and magical. Now you're able to add a similar experience to your own app with Braintree's full stack payment solution. This gives you support for all of the payment types that your customers might want. This includes PayPal, Apple Pay, Bitcoin, Venmo, card payment, and many, many more types, all with just that one single integration. It'll be with you and your customers across all platforms with the superior fraud protection that they have and their fantastic customer services and fast Payouts. To learn more and for your first fifty thousand dollars in transactions fee free, go to BraintreePayments.com/slash-connected. Thank you so much to Braintree for their support of this show in two thousand and fifteen. Federico, this one's on so, you. So,
1: so aside from the Pebble Time raising twenty million on Kickstarter, which is a big
0: thing, that was like I mean I'm going to just put that in there because that was a crazy amount of money
1: they made. Yeah, it was a lot of money. How's Pebble doing these days, by the way? I don't think they're doing so well anymore. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm sorry for the guys. Some great people were are working at the company. Uh, but yeah, uh, as we've said, you know, before, I don't know if there's a place between the Apple Watch and the Android Wear, smartwatches, for this kind of platform.
0: They have to go all in on Android, I think, yeah. is, is the yeah. way that they continue.
1: They have to. Uh, so aside from Pebble News and Kickstarter... Uh, March, for me, was the month of two things. It's a whirlwind, man. Yeah, it was crazy. Uh, And it's definitely like, I think March and September are the highlight of my year. Uh, But in March, I published the health story of how the iPhone helped me get back in shape after cancer and and treatments. And it was an article that I had kept in the back of my mind for at least two years. And I didn't want to publish it or I didn't want to write it not just because it was heavy you know to kind of reminisce and kind of look at all all the old pictures and, and talk about the process of going through chemo and and getting back in shape. I also didn't want to give the impression that I was looking for easy page views on the website because it's a kind of topic, you know, uh, the story of a guy went through chemo and now he's using technology to get back in shape and now he's, he's using, you know, the the, the the disease as a sort of, um, to catch attention. And I didn't want to do that. But, but then, you know, my girlfriend uh, really, and, and you guys, um, you all pushed me to just write about the truth and write about my story that I shouldn't be, I shouldn't be ashamed of my story or I shouldn't be afraid of other people's judgment on how I use that or how I talk about that. And so I published this article and I spent, you know, in retrospect, I only spent three weeks to produce a story that was about two years or three years of my life and i've always been like that you know i keep articles in my mind for for a long time and then in like a couple of weeks i I write them all and and it's all done um but the what i didn't expect was the not just the success of the article itself in terms of page views because i don't necessarily care about that but it was the the feedback that i got and I, i got hundreds of people um send me emails about their story, and and that was also possibly heavier than the article itself, because when you hear, you know, uh, I heard from people who had kids with with cancer, and I heard from you know brothers and sisters, sons, daughters, uh, all types of stories from Europe, from America, from Brazil, and and it was definitely both awesome and heavy to realize. I have people reading this story, but there are so many other people in a much much worse scenario than me. So that was heavy, and it was heavy and great at the same time, and it was so weird. But what I didn't really expect was getting a tweet from Phil Schiller <laughs> from oh, Apple yeah, man. to the article, and that's that. That was uh, the point where, uh, like, the snowball effect kind of began, and. So Schiller Twitter and Twitter an article to to the uh, link to the article, and it, it got me quite a few more uh, people on the site, and then the next day or maybe two days later, uh, I got an invitation from Apple to to go to the to the event in San Francisco, and um, so so I. <clears throat> So uh, in two days, I I had to arrange everything and uh, I I went to San Francisco and I went to the March event, uh, March 9th uh, at the Yerba Buena uh, Center. And I I stood there and watched the keynote uh, where Apple introduced the new MacBook, so the one that leaked in January, um, Research Kit, which is an open source initiative to uh, allow developers to build um, apps for medical research. And of course, the reintroduction introduction to the public uh, of the Apple Watch. And I also went in in the in the you know demo area. I tried the Apple Watch, tried the MacBook, and finally got to meet quite a few handsome people, such as Jason, uh, Serenity, and Renee, of course, and uh, so many other friends that I never met in real life. And it was all over in. 48 hours. So I went there, uh, flew back, and uh, I was in London, back in Rome. Uh, I I couldn't meet Mike in London at that time, but we'll see. We'll we'll see. We'll see uh, in the future. And um, I was back in Rome, and the first thing I did i'm kind of ashamed of myself, but the first thing I did was I was so hungry I went to a mcdonald's to to eat because it was like in eleven Rome. yeah, it was eleven at night and and I didn't know where else to go i I didn't want to cook at the uh pasta and and I was just so exhausted and we went with a with my girlfriend and a friend of mine. we went to mcdonald's uh and it was all over in two days so
0: It was beautiful. Do you remember TG Travels?
1: I remember hashtag TG Travels. That was
0: one of the most fun days I've had on the internet because I was so excited that you were in San Francisco and you were in the event. And obviously what happens quite a lot is like journalists will tweet pictures of them in line. And I took it upon (laughs) myself to search for you in every image and then kind of... I was tweeting about like a crazy person and then yeah. people started jumping on board and sending me pictures that they'd found of you in them. And that yeah. was such a great day. And it was just a great time that you got that invite. um, And that really made March special for me. Like the event was fun. There was so much announced, right? We got the MacBook, the Apple Watch and, and all the other stuff that you mentioned. But you being there and it being your first event and your first time in America really made yeah. it a very special time, yeah. I think.
1: Yeah, I also ate pasta in San Francisco at an yeah. I- Italian restaurant. It it was pretty good, you know. Um, Renee and, <laughs> and then Serenity uh, took me there. It was a great place, and I'm still thinking about that day. You know, I was in San Francisco. I, I you remember, Mike, when I surprised you on a podcast with Jason.
0: Oh God,
1: <laughs> you remember your oh. reaction? Oh, that was hor- that was horrible. We like... should have an we should have an audio clip in here, Mike. Was
0: the best-kept secret of the day was that Federico Vatici arrived in San Francisco today to uh, partake in the Apple event. Um, he, he got an invite. We'll talk about that on Connected. That's a whole yeah. whole big story. I'm looking forward to Connected this week, actually. Or
1: we can talk about it now if you want, Mike.
0: Oh, <laughs> Hello? Oh, my God, that really scared me.
1: Hi, Federico. <laughs> Hi, Mike. How are what you? What are you doing
2: there? <laughs> a podcast. I've how long a podcast. have you been there? The whole the time. Whole time. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I, I surprised you during upgrade, and I was at the MacWorld offices. Ah, oh, it was such a, such a, such a crazy, crazy series of emotions and events. Um, definitely one of the two highlights of my year.
0: Should we move on to April?
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah only got two bullet points. That's yeah, April sad.
0: wasn't a big month. Uh, in April, Becoming Steve Jobs was released, the book, um, which mm-hmm. is the only book I've read this year. So congratulations uh, to Becoming <laughs> Steve Jobs for taking that title for, for me. Um, and also the Apple Watch went on sale and started a trend for Apple of really weird ship dates for the year.
1: Yeah, that's one of the themes yeah. of this year what's going on with the ship dates (laughs) nobody
0: knows like this was so what was going on it was just people were like were ordering some watches and they were going to take months right like that was the big thing it was different skews of the watch were taking much much longer to arrive than maybe like the sports and stuff like that but even different colors of the sport bands were taking longer
1: very Mm -hmm. quickly people making an order in april got a july ship date yeah so that was weird (laughs) of course
0: yeah, that's that's yeah, that was super super strange,
2: and it's strange from a company that's run by the old operations guy. Yeah,
0: that, <laughs> maybe I mean, the problem was there
2: was nobody looking after it, right? <laughs> maybe it'll be fine now. <laughs> it was before Jeff Williams got promoted. Uh,
0: no one was looking at operations because Cook was gone.
2: I mean, I mean, I guess. I mean, what do we chalk this up to now? There's issues in manufacturing. And that's the yep. only thing I can think of that they couldn't get them in bulk fast enough. But um I know mine shipped pretty quickly, but I mean a lot of people waited, I mean, just like you guys said, for I mean, seemingly weeks and weeks and weeks.
1: What was even stranger, and I think we almost we've almost forgot at this point, but remember the Apple Watch couldn't be bought in a store initially it was yeah. only available online mm-hmm. you couldn't go to an apple retail store to but they, to, they did the
0: try ons which was a which was a really interesting thing to do you could go in and try on the product which was the way it should have been done but the fact that you couldn't then place an order or pick one up for months was really weird
1: yeah yeah and they they were trying to spin this as we want to change our retail mechanism to only be online and you go to the store just to get a try on or a demo and it, they got so many so so many you know uh, articles and and uh, you know uh, people from the press saying that it wasn't it wasn't really a good move and eventually like a uh, couple of months later, they, they said, yeah, well, now we are okay with the shipments, so we can provide, you know, units to the Apple retail stores, you can walk in and buy an Apple watch. I don't know if we, if it was like Apple recognizing the mistake, or if maybe it was a plan all along, but definitely, you know, people may ha- having to make an appointment to try on a watch, but then being unable to buy it directly in, the, in a retail store, it was definitely strange. And, I you know, I I... Had to buy uh, an Apple Watch from Germany, thanks to to oh, yeah. remember that. Remember <laughs> that. <laughs> yeah, I remember. <laughs> you didn't. You didn't remember. So I bought an Apple Watch from Germany um, using uh, the, the the courtesy of a friend of mine, and then I paid like a hundred euros to get it uh, to get the overnight from Germany to Rome, Italy, with DHL and it, it DHL worked beautifully by the way uh so i got my black sport um apple watch uh from from the german retail store and uh, you know
0: yeah i remember your card being like waiting to be charged
1: yeah 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 there was uh, an issue with the credit card but then it, it all worked out i called uh, uh I was uh, like a like a free uh, number from Apple to to confirm that my credit card was okay. And uh the 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 guy told me, You're the first person to to call in about the Apple Watch today. Uh I was like, oh yeah, nice. First of I'm sure thousands. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. The the try on experience um really was something the stores really haven't done anything like that before. You know, was, no. you went in and I mean lots of things at the Apple store are by appointment now, but uh you know I wrote a blog post about my experiences, a lot of the people did, and it was really great. I mean, it was like a hands-on, one-on-one time with someone who clearly had been trained and and knew the product. And, you know, I think, I think a lot of things about the Apple Watch are experimental to Apple, including the retail experience. Yep. And even now, you walk in the store and it's, you know, they're still on the, that table where they're sunk under the glass. And it's still feels like a very high end experience when you go in to look at or buy an Apple Watch. And I think that that's intentional and done by design on Apple's part, but it is very different than, you know, it's the same story you can go in and buy a phone case with Apple Pay on your phone and never talk to a human being. Like it is sort of the the far other end of that experience in retail.
0: Yeah, I think the the try on was one of the best retail experiences or the actually probably the best retail experience I've had this year. Like it it was great to go in and try it on um, and you know I took a dinner and she loved it as well that's why she ended up buying one because when she tried it on she just loved it um, and that there, that was a really good idea and I think that in an ideal world you would be buying them immediately like as Federico said I completely agree that was a complete spin about them trying to change their retail the way that they worked they just didn't have enough of them to put them in stores because now you can do it um, I think it was purely they were just trying to find a way to hide the fact that they couldn't get enough of them made for whatever reason that ended up being.
2: So, so May, we saw a couple of things. We saw the new, uh, MacBook Pros got revved with the Force touch trackpad. It was in the 13 first and then the 15, uh, which is the machine that I'm talking, uh, through right now. Uh, we saw, uh, Microsoft. (laughs) I don't even know if this went anywhere yet. Uh, allowed developers to bring Android and iOS apps to windows 10 devices. Um, (laughs) not if you use Swift yet, Spotify announced support for video and podcast. Um, which again, I'm not sure how much of that's gone on
1: yet. Yeah. This
0: is my favorite thing about May, is so many things that happened in May have just led to nothing.
1: Yeah, basically
2: maybe include the next one vox acquires mm-hmm. recode and now of course they've uh, intermingled their staff a little bit and then i think the most interesting is uh, the last one uh, Johnny ive being promoted to chief design officer which was like a super weird article in the telegraph remember Written they released by it like Fry. yeah was it like on a weekend like it, it was like super late one night or it was out of the news cycle but it wasn't
0: it wasn't like late in the night or whatever it was uk time that was that was what was weird about it to americans it happened in the UK morning, so it was in the, like, the middle of the night for you guys.
1: Yeah, Ameri- Americans don't understand any other time besides no. America time.
2: Well, I mean, that's unusual because <laughs> Apple is traded and based here. <laughs> like,
1: Yeah, details. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> so, details about the release aside, I mean, it's super interesting news for a couple of reasons, right? This set off a firestorm of speculation that he was on his way out and this was some sort of... Um, way for Apple to restructure the organization beneath him to take over a lot of his stuff so he could exit in a couple of years. Um, there's also the argument that he's focusing on more big-picture stuff, like in the 60 Minutes thing just a couple weeks ago talking about his involvement with the campus project and maybe that sort of thing lent itself to this uh, sort of promotion. But um, I don't think he's on his way out, but I do think that it, it is a clear indication of just how much power... and his team have within the the company now?
0: I mean, eventually he's going to leave, right? So you've got to start succession planning at some point. And I think that this is an element of succession planning, but not necessarily based on the fact that Johnny wants to go, but you've got to plan, right? Like they had a plan for Steve. You've got to have a plan for Johnny. And part of that plan is building up a couple of individuals who can become the next Johnny Ive, right? That just seems like a sensible thing to me, but I can see why it would put some people on edge.
1: Yeah, there was a lot of a lot of speculation about, oh, Johnny is about to leave Apple because other uh, Apple people have done this before. They got this fancy promotion and then like a year later they left Apple. Uh, uh, considering Johnny's passion for, uh, you know, the automotive industry and, and you know, car design, I think Johnny is staying at Apple and he's working on the Apple car. And this promotion is just that, a promotion to kind of leave behind or to other people some day-to-day operations to focus more on the big picture design language of Apple and the next major products. And I I don't see any subplot
0: here. Well, another thing that I see when I look at this is recognition for him. Yeah, Um, also.
1: to, To give him
0: the title which matches his Likely influencing the company, um, I think that obviously Johnny was working at a level much higher than a senior vice president uh, in the decisions that he was making and how much his work and and influence stretches. So I think part of it may have just been like a thank you for everything you do. Here is a C level position to back up how important we think you are. Yeah,
1: yeah, I agree. We'll see. June,
0: June is the big month, Federico. What yeah. do we get?
1: So, WWDC, and of course it's the month of Apple when they announce everything that's going to ship later in the year, and it's also the moment when basically I go into lockdown mode and I don't work on anything else for the next three months. Anyway, WWDC this year saw the introduction of iOS 9, OS ten El Capitan, WatchOS 2, Apple Music, and as an aside, during the same WWDC week, Phil Schiller as a guest on John Gruber's The Talk Show. So starting with iOS 9, uh, it didn't bring a lot of major interface or functionality changes to the iPhone. It brought a bunch of improvements, uh, new intelligence features for Siri and Search, but not a lot of, you know, at least not until 3D Touch with the iPhone 6S in the fall. Uh, iOS 9 that we saw at WWDC was more of an iPad-focused release. And on the iPad, we we got multitasking with slide-over and split-view, we got new keyboard functionalities, we got some design changes for Notification Center and other system features, and we got support for external keyboard shortcuts, finally. And Apple really wanted to stress how uh, iOS 9 was the beginning of the iPad's future in a way to, for people who, who work on an iPad as a you know as a as a computer. And I remember during the keynote, uh, I was at home watching the live stream, and the moment that uh, I think Craig Federighi. Uh, brought up uh ipad multitasking i got like 50 tweets from people like saying no oh, look at the look at the eye look who, what's oh, going the on the room
0: that we were in watching it we were in the room that re- the release notes guys put together and like just everybody started talking about you right <laughs> it's <just> like well <laughs> this is what he wants so yeah it's the federico time everyone
1: and so os send el capitan now i'm gonna need steven's help here and also mike uh it's basically an um and, uh, and like a, a snow leopard release for Yosemite,
0: well, I guess eh. kind of right. Like it, was, it was kind of like what they said about iOS as well. Was security and stability was one of the key things above them, mm-hmm.
2: right? I mean, they did add some some forward facing stuffs, but not to your point. Not a huge update to OS ten, um, which I think is kind of the case these days. Now that you're on an annual cycle, that for the most part things are going to be a little bit slower
0: yeah i mean ios but, um, 9 for the iphone wasn't a huge update either like there exactly. really wasn't a lot and like the features that they put in there i mean i barely even know that they exist like the intelligent assistant stuff it's like that could not that could be turned off and i would don't think i'd know the difference <laughs> i'm sorry to say uh but that's you know kind of how it is for me and i turned off like all the new stuff and things like that i just don't want to see it so i don't even get a lot of the suggestions um, and I actually find that the the smarter Spotlight on the iPhone quite frequently just doesn't understand what I'm asking it to do. You know, like I'll if it is impossible for me to to get Amazon, the Amazon app via searching in Spotlight, I can yeah, type that's... the word Amazon and it doesn't come up. It feels like to a point that Apple have hard coded it in. Like <laughs> it's like, how could you not be finding it? The app is called Amazon. Like, what is the problem here? There's a cold war there, buddy. It's, yeah, it seems no like it. No good.
1: Yeah, I'm finding that either with uh, with the Spotlight search or with Siri. Um, Apple's uh, intelligence features still don't understand the same commands that mm-hmm. I ask Google voice search with the Google yep. app. So,
0: But there are things that it does that are fantastic, right? Where, like, for example, all of the apps that I have that have integrated Spotlight search, it's brilliant. Like, I can find Google documents via Spotlight search.
1: So you ended up using... Uh, Spotlight search quite a bit.
0: Yeah. I, I, yeah. My main way of interacting with things on my iPhone is searching for them, hmm. especially with the iPad Pro and the keyboard because I just hit the command space and it takes me out of the current app and straight into Spotlight so I could just find the next thing that I want. But there's just it's just not as good as it could be and there are some things that are super inconsistent. Like, for example, I wanted to call my mum and I typed the word mum in and it wouldn't give me a contact. It gave me somebody called Amy like it's like, I don't even understand how you got here. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, it, it needs to be a lot better, but I do use it a lot. And apps that have integrated the Spotlight sort of search stuff, I find that to work more consistently than searching for apps. But yeah, that that's kind of my thing. This has been on my mind for weeks, and I've been meaning to talk about it, so I'm pleased that we got to touch on it.
1: I, I wanted to say that in the end, I'm the opposite. I I find myself launching apps, but I, I, I thought that I would love it but I don't search for files and documents much with Spotlight on iOS 9. And uh, and really, going into iOS 9, I thought that was going to be a major change for the way that I access content, really. And maybe the problem is I should uh, kind of call my sources and, and kind of manage the, the apps and, and data that ends up in my Spotlight. Maybe the problem is it's too crowded in there. I don't know, but I... I haven't found myself reliably and consistently going to Spotlight to say, oh, I want to open this note or I want to open this document. I still open the app and then search for the document or, you know, anything else. Uh, Maybe just a problem, of habit, and eventually it'll grow on me. Anyway, WWDC, also WatchOS 2. After the uh, much-criticized debut of WatchKit apps with uh, Apple Watch uh, in April, Apple announced a new version of the watch operating system, debuting a a new name with the also much-criticized lowercase watch before uppercase OS. And uh, WatchOS 2 brought native, almost native apps to the Apple Watch, allowing for mm, deeper you know interoperability between network a network on the iPhone and the uh, and the Apple Watch and a way to to load you know app content natively on on the device and in theory it should have been a major change for the platform and the reality is and and I'm pretty sure this is not just my personal impression is that watchOS 2 hasn't set the the watch app store on fire and i mean i've seen so many apps not release watchOS 2 updates and so many developers still saying yeah i i want to i want to wait until maybe next year to see if i should really bring my my original watch app to watchOS 2 or watchOS 3 so many developers are kind of rushed to have an Apple Watch app ready for the device launch and maybe then they kind of didn't upgrade to WatchOS 2 at all and... Uh, maybe just me, you know, uh, but I'm not using apps on my on my Apple Watch that much. Uh, I'm just using it as a watch and, and you know, notifications, time. That and kind of complications,
0: stuff. man. Love me some complications. Yeah, like well, I was saying the- this on Upgrade yesterday. The Apple Watch for me is not a device that I go to to get any information. It's just a device that presents me with information, and I'm happy with that. And Watch OS 2, the complication stuff that made me happy. Like I use Fantastical and I use Carrot Weather and they they are exactly what I want that Apple's ones don't give me. And so I'm very happy with them.
1: Yeah, it could be that the apps that I use don't have a complication yet, but maybe in the future, you know, when to do gets a complication, maybe it'll grow on me a lot. We'll see. Apple Music. Uh, I don't know if you remember, but this is the reason why a lot of people didn't like Apple's WWDC 2015 keynote, because it was so long with the final Apple Apple Music uh, segment that featured, of all people, Eddie Q and Drake, the rapper. Oh, well, it um, was
0: bad. I mean, I know that you <laughs> thought it was okay, Yeah. and that was just, you know, that was an argument we had a long time ago, but <laughs> a lot of people didn't like it, I didn't like it. Uh, but I can see... I saw your point at the time. I still see your point now, but my feeling was that part of the keynote sucked. It sucked. It had Iovine missing his jokes. We had Q dancing. We had Drake coming out to talk about something he wasn't supposed to talk about.
2: But he had a cool Apple jacket. He did you know, have that? a cool Apple yeah, jacket. Really
0: cool jacket, really. Uh, and it went on for too long, and it was a shame because, I mean, well, we don't need to get into it. I like Apple music. I know there's been a ton of problems for a lot of people, but... It does what I need it to do and, mm-hmm. I, and I like it. But you know, mm-hmm. I know it's destroyed many people's music libraries, but yeah. Me and Federico, you know, speaking for you, Federico, I wasn't in the place where I had a music library to destroy. I've yeah. been a streamer for a long time.
1: Oh yeah, it's really simple. I think me and you are the same. When we wanna listen to music, either we get a recommendation that's already there, so we just stop playing and we're like, Okay, done. Or I think of an album I'm like, Oh, I wanna listen to the new Arctic monkeys. I just search play done like we don't have anything to manage it's either you get me a recommendation or I'm searching for something and at least for me Apple music does that quite well mm-hmm. so
0: I agree completely
1: Schiller on on the talk show I I think that was a kind of major event yep. at least if you were on Twitter because it was live uh, I wasn't really expecting to see you know an Apple senior vice president on a on a on the talk show with john gruber and it, you know when when john introduced phil schiller uh during the live stream i wasn't there so i was just i was watching uh, a lot of people on twitter were like freaking out and because they thought it was a joke right when there was like a couple of seconds after gruber said uh, ladies and gentlemen phil schiller and it, it was not coming out on stage and you could hear the audience kind of saying oh like laughing and maybe realizing it was a joke, but it wasn't a joke. It was the real, you know, it was the real Schiller, and it was a great discussion. You know, very, very good questions from Gruber and very honest uh, answers, I would say, from Schiller about a bunch of topics like iOS stability and you know, um, 60 gigs iPhones still being sold. And it's really, if you haven't watched uh, the the, uh, the the episode video, go go check it out because it's totally worth it. Two last news from June. Google Photos and Taylor Swift against Apple. So let's start from, from Google Photos. Uh, it's a new service from Google that organizes your photos and allows you to search for events and search for content inside your photos thanks to machine learning. So Google offers you unlimited and free storage uh, for high quality photos, which is not the best or maximum quality, you gotta pay for that but for most people for most people, 16 megapixels I think they're more than enough to store your photos for free and because Google has, um, has some crazy computers and algorithms looking into your pictures, you can then go to the Google Photos app and type like cat pictures and it'll show you cats or you can go even crazier (laughs) and say uh, desks or specific items such as boats or computer on a desk so you can combine these search queries and then you can you know you you can find these pictures you can uh, for example a few weeks ago i was looking for christmas decorations because i wanted to see my old pictures with uh, you know the christmas tree and sure enough google gave me pictures from the past three to four years of my Christmas tree and decorations inside the house. Or you can search for tiny dog, which is my favorite search query because it shows me uh, my girlfriend's dog, which is is really tiny. And so, you know, this is kind of amazing uh, for me. I'm using Google Photos as a free backup for my iCloud yep. for library. Mm. And it, it's okay. In many ways, I prefer Google Photos to uh, to the Apple Photos app. If anything, because the search stuff is just yeah, you know, downright amazing. And yeah. I also like how, it, at least, I know it's possible with iCloud, but it's easier for me, at least the way that I understand it. You can create a shared album in Google Photos. Then you can invite people and everyone can upload pictures to that folder. I know that it's possible with iCloud. I just find the interface easier to use on Google Photos. And also, yeah. I want to mention, there's an assistant feature that lets you, that creates, like, animated GIFs or short videos or colleges for you. Which, My favorite you know.
0: thing that it does is creates um, albums of trips that I take. Yeah. It recognizes that. I've gone somewhere. It recognizes that I've taken a bunch of photos over a period of time and it suggests, should I put these into a little album for you? Google. I have a weird problem with duplicates on Google Photos. I think it's because of the way I have the sync set up, um, which is kind of strange on my iPhone. It's like I have everything upload via my Mac. So when I open it on my iPhone, it's like we can see these pictures, but these pictures aren't synced. And it's looking at my kind of photo library yeah. on my phone. Right. But I know that what's actually in Google is just one image. It's just the phone UI is a bit upset about it all. But I don't use what I use Google Photos for is a search, and it's just all my photos are there and they're there for free, and I can search for them. That's what I use it for, and then I still have all of my main photos living in Dropbox. But it is a fantastic search function.
2: Yeah, it's really replaced uh, carousel for me. Where if I want to look something, look for something that's not synced to my phone as an album, that's where I go now.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And finally, Taylor Swift against Apple Music. The issue here was that Apple announced a free uh, three-month trial for uh, Apple Music. And during that trial period from, um, you know, starting in, in, at the end of June until the end of September, their original plan was to not pay royalties to artists on Apple Music. Taylor Swift, rightfully so, got upset because, you know, you want to offer a trial. It's not my problem if you don't want to pay me. You want to give your customers a free trial, but we're still making the music that you're offering for free. And so she wrote uh, a blog post uh, against Apple on a Sunday. And I remember because I, w- I was at the beach uh, back then. And sure enough, the, 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 the note started spreading online. And by the end of the day, I think, uh, Eric Q replied to Taylor Swift publicly on Twitter and to a bunch of press outlets. And they changed their minds. They said, yes, you're right. We're going to pay artists during the three-month free trial of Apple Music. So all's well, that ends well, I guess.
0: Yeah, it's a good story. Yeah. It was a good story. And it cemented uh, Taylor Swift's complete dominance of the entire planet.
1: Yeah, especially this year was the year of Taylor Swift.
0: No doubt. July, uh, Apple released an iPod Touch of an A8 chip uh, to cause a question marks from everybody. Uh, Apple Music launched in July. Um, the My favorite piece of news uh, for the month was that Stephen finally went independent. Um, we, uh, we got Apple Pay in the UK, my second favorite piece of news for the year. I love Apple Pay. I use it all the time. Uh, we had the whole Safari is the new IE. Oh, conversation. yeah,
1: I remember that. How did that turn
0: out? <laughs> I I don't know. Uh, this was the month where everybody decided that they hated mobile websites.
1: I guess why?
0: <laughs> uh, Especially yeah. iOS. Especially on iOS. We'll get back to that in, a, in another month, I think. And one of my favorite things that happened in July was Slack launched emoji reactions. I love really? the emoji reactions. You Slack. love them. I use them all the time.
1: I like the idea. Maybe it's the implementation that's a bit slow, or maybe I, there's something like it's don't way better on the Mac
0: now. Um, you can just hover and click, and and I think they're gonna they're gonna try and make it better on iOS.
1: It should. Be oh yeah, I see, I see, I see. I'm on the Mac now. Oh yeah, yeah, much better. So it's
0: not much nicer on the Mac, but I think they're gonna have to, and they will work on it on iOS. So Apple Pay was probably one of the biggest things for me that's happened this year i mean i use it constantly um wherever i can i do and and apple pay is so or contactless payment is is just everywhere here so it's just so easy to use it it's more rare for me now to not be able to use apple pay somewhere than it is for me to be able to use it so i'm very happy mm. with that but you know can't Good Barry in the lead. Steven, you've been independent now for like six months. How are you feeling?
2: Yeah, it's it's really it's really been good. Uh, I was th- thinking a lot about this. Where, you know, the end of the year, you always reflect, and um, uh, writing that post in July was really crazy. And I think you know, I think the three of us probably were talking before I published it, just like <laughs> freaking out because it's it's one thing to like, I'd already quit my job at this point. I actually, had quit my job or had given notice several weeks before and I was like okay it's time to like announce like make the big like public push and I was more nervous about that than actually leaving <laughs> it's sort of strange uh but it's it's gone really well you know relay's been successful um the writing and stuff that I do has been successful and it's it's really great and I feel like the the bumpy like introduction to this of just like figuring out like what does it look like to work at home when you have a family and like all that stuff is really sort of settled down now and I can just focus on work and get it done. And then when it's time for work to be over, go and focus on family stuff. And I feel like I'm finally kind of hitting a a good pattern there. Um, and it's taken some work to get there. it's It's been much harder than I thought it would be, but overall I'm very happy and uh, very excited to be able to do what I love uh, and pay the bills with it. So
0: Ooh, good. And the um, all of the mobile stuff kicked off here because obviously people were using Safari content blockers at this point in beta because the iOS beta was out. So this is where like I think it st- One of the places it started was a criticism of iMore, um, which I think then stretched out to the Verge and then it got picked up by a bunch of other places and started yep. a chain of events. That will take us all the way up until September. So we'll touch on that again in September. Mm-hmm. Right, let's take a break and get into August. This week's episode is brought to you by Text Expander from Smile. If you are ever in the situation where you're typing the same sentences, phrases, or even words on a regular basis, you should be using Text Expander. It will save you time and effort by expanding short abbreviations into frequently used texts and pictures. Stephen, I'm going to jump on you right now. I didn't tell you I was going to do this. Uh, what do you love about
2: Text Expander? Uh, For me, I think like a lot of people who get work done uh, using a computer, I have a lot of repetitive stuff that I do, right? So stuff that happens each week or each month that is just part of the the, the way that I work, the way that my job works in, in, in these repeatable timeframes. And so there are things that I need to type or forms I need to fill out on a re- regular repeating basis. And instead of going through and doing it manually every time, I... Text expander can just go in and take care of stuff for me. So uh, one thing I do a lot is, for instance, is I type our PO box for Relay just all the time, and it's got a bunch of numbers in it. I can't ever remember what it is, and so I've got in Text Expander. We're just with a couple keystrokes. I can I can expand it into a form if we're filling out paperwork for an advertiser or we're ordering something and they need a mailing address. It's all super fast, and it it's it's about taking the edges off of stuff that I do all the time to let me work faster. And, uh, and time is money and text expander gives me uh, both back.
0: You can even sync the snippets that you create amongst your multiple devices. You can store them on iCloud Drive or Dropbox. This means that they're going to be with you everywhere on your multiple Macs, but it can also be on your iOS devices too. They have a, a Smile has an iOS app for Text Expander, which will help you sync your snippets of a bunch of apps that support Text Expander natively, like OmniOutliner, Day One, Fantastical, Drafts, Launch Center Pro, Editorial, and many, many more. And Smile have even built their own custom keywords, so you can use the Text Expander snippets in any app on iOS. Texas Bounder 5 for the Mac costs $44.95. Upgrades are available for $19.95 for existing users, and it's free to those who purchased on January the 1st, 2015. Texas Bounder 5 has a new look and feel. It has a new way to suggest abbreviations to you for things that you type frequently, and it's so awesome. You can find out more by going to smilesoftware.com connected. Please note that Texas Bounder 5 requires Yosemite and is ready for El Capitan. And Texas Bounder for iOS is available on the App Store for iPhone and iPad. Thank you so much to Smile for their continued support of this show throughout 2015. We love Smile, and I think that they love us too. Stephen, August.
2: August is generally a quiet time in our circles, but a couple of things of note. First, we discovered, or I would say Federico discovered, Blah Blah, blah. I can't when I was
0: going through the notes, I cannot believe how long ago that was. It felt yeah. like it was just a couple of weeks
1: ago. We've been talking about this since August. Yes. That's what did. <laughs> I, I remember clearly and very dearly the day yes. that a friend of mine explained Blah Blah card to me.
0: And I remember very dearly the, the story that you told. <laughs>
2: yep. And we have um sort of look into our relationship, That I have a picture of the um mascot guy that sometimes I just oh, randomly no. terrorize you guys <laughs> with.
1: No, no, he sends me this picture basically on a weekly basis always. Well,
2: I see it every time I open photos because
0: we have that really old um, (laughs) shared photo stream, and it's
2: always there, always there. It's the last photo in there. Yep. It's just a little emotional terrorism every time you open photos. Google restructured and became Alphabet. Uh, Of course, big news that I think we're going to be seeing the results of for years to come. And then... uh, Lastly, but definitely the most exciting, at least to, to us, is that Relay FM was profiled in TechCrunch. Uh, really great article that we continue to see benefits from. It was really yeah. great to have that coverage and uh, very exciting to send that link out to my friends and family I'm like look my job is real. Okay, I'm born but, um, I am why uh,
0: yeah. fav- one of my favorite things about that is the story was we didn't know when the story was going to be published and it was published just as we began recording an episode of this show and I couldn't concentrate
2: for like 20 minutes. That was fun. Yeah, it, it was really awesome and um I still point I still point people there from time to time and it was just uh, it was nice to to see what we've work so hard for um being recognized elsewhere. Yeah. Uh Federico.
1: Yes.
0: Goes to September, which is another okay. another big event. You keep getting all the big ones.
1: Yeah. Uh, whoever worked on this outline, but thank you for giving me March and September. No uh, so, September was for me uh, I think maybe the most important month of the year uh, because I've, i i i had been working on two things for a very long time and to and i was timing them with announcements and and events from apple so from a from an apple perspective september was the month of the apple fall event when they introduced the iphone 6s and 6s plus the ipad pro and the new apple tv with tvos and the new apple tv app store And during this event, we saw the new devices. Of course, the iPhone 6S is, uh, you know, uh, not a redesign, but an improvement on the iPhone 6 uh, from 2014 with new features such as faster touch ID, 3D touch, much improved camera, uh, and a a lot faster. And the iPad Pro was the bigger iPad that we were expecting. Uh, We were not expecting the iPad Pro to be to be announced in the same event of the iPhone and Apple TV. Not everyone
0: was. Not everyone was. (laughs) And and
1: this is the, uh, as you said, Mike, this is the crown jewel of Mm -hmm. the Mike Was Right uh, movement, I would say. And the iPad Pro was, of course, part of of the same event. And... It was. It's a bigger iPad, and it's the. I think it's the iPad that, that we're all using now, and it's a you know bigger screen, Apple Pencil, a bunch of accessories. Uh, iOS 9 multitasking is truly, truly meant for for this device.
0: We didn't do this in follow up, but still no Google Docs kills me every day. It makes it uh, yes, worse si- and worse si- and si- worse.
1: Still no <laughs> Google Docs. I think at some point, Mike, you will have to consider something else. But no, we'll they're see. gonna
0: do it. They, they're definitely gonna yeah, do sure, it. I'm, sure. I'm just
1: very confident. Well, because
0: Google Drive. Okay, I'm not getting into this.
1: Okay. <laughs> September also iOS nine and OS ten El Capitan are released. And this is this is for me the key the key point of the month. So since June I had been working on a on my first real iOS review. So for the past for the past five years of Mac stories, I had always done some type of coverage of a new version of iOS. But it wasn't it was never a full review. It was always a story or an article about a specific angle or a specific feature. And instead, this year, with the with all the you know the, the changes to the website and and my focus on on the iPad and iOS, I wanted to go all in and do a full review. And. It was when I started in June, it was definitely not the type of effort that I imagined it would be. By the end of uh, those uh, two months and a half, I was physically and psychologically exhausted. And I had been working on this crazy uh, 50,000 word review. And uh, when I was done, I realized that. Uh, I needed to time the release of this review not just with Apple releasing iOS, but with my other initiative for September, which was the launch of Club Max Stories, uh, a membership to gain access to exclusive additional MacStories Stories content. Um, so uh, we we hit a bunch of delays and, and technical issues with getting the club uh, set up on the website uh and we basically got to the to the beginning of September and i had a feeling that i needed to release to launch the club a week before ios 9 uh i obviously didn't want to do it during the week of ios 9 i just knew that i wanted to to have a you know a few days ahead of the of publishing my iOS 9 review because I wanted to offer the review as an ebook to members so we chose to launch the club just a few days before iOS 9 was released to the public and in uh, looking back it's such a blur to me the way that I, we managed to fi- to finish the you know the, getting the club ready for for the website and finalizing my review yep. uh, launching uh, the Pagination uh, layout on the website, uh, putting together the ebook version. I just i i don't I cannot remember how we did it. I just know that we that it it was done in time. And for me, I mean, I was looking back at the stats uh, of the website yesterday, and it's the uh, the iOS nine review. It's the most read article of this year on Mac stories, and it makes me really happy. Uh, That's good. Yeah, and it makes me really happy because I worked really hard on it, and I and I. You know, my sleep schedule, my my entire schedule was all you know destroyed. Basically, it was all weird and unhealthy for many many weeks. Uh, but I'm happy because it 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 is the uh, it is the article I'm most proud of, and it is the story that I, I I feel like I've been working you know for six years to to get to that point, to be able to say I wrote a review of a operating system, and it's basically an ebook, and it's here. Um, and the club has become you know. A, a, the, the feedback has been amazing, and the the, the financial and the, the I would say the the feedback also from people has been totally worth it and it 's become uh, the, basically the second you know the, the second model for mac Stories. and and in, you know looking into two thousand and sixteen i 'm planning a bunch of new stuff and so it 's going to be fun uh, so aside from what I did on the website. Uh, It was the month of Apple in many ways for so many releases. Uh, iOS 9, uh, you know, the OS X El Capitan didn't come out until October, I I think. Mm -hmm. So OS X El Capitan was not in September. Uh, But, you know, with iOS 9 and and watchOS 2... it was you know so many it's, it's always difficult to keep track of all these news and releases for example when they occur on the same day but i remember that there was a problem with watchOS 2 you guys remember this It was like delayed for uh yeah. a few days yeah yeah
0: it, there was something severely wrong right and they had yes. to pull it yes the, like literally the 11th hour
1: Yeah, and there was something wrong and it came out like the week after. Uh, But I would say that aside from iOS 9 multitasking and the major change on the iPad, I would say that on the iPhone, the big story was uh, content blockers. And so this technology that allows users to install basically safari extensions to remove certain types of content from web pages uh, when used in safari and safari view controller um, and of course by certain types uh, most people mean ads and trackers from web pages so you don't see advertisement you're not being tracked by scripts that you know require a few seconds to execute and that basically make web pages Heavier in terms of uh, megabytes transferred from the server to your device, and I I had installed the content blocker during the beta of iOS nine, and I dedicated an entire section of my iOS nine review to content blockers because I saw the net benefit of you know being able to save several megabytes each week and to browse the web you know uh, much much faster. But the I would say that the the, the in in our little corner of the of Twitter and the internet the big news was Marco Armand made a content blocker based on yeah, I think on,
0: it stretched a little bit bigger than our corner of the internet though
1: I mean yeah it, I mean it was number it, one on the app store it started out as you know uh, as a sort of I did I don't think Marco again I don't think Marco expected the, the the content blocker to be so popular so he made a but in, in hindsight it should have you know I mean of course it was popular Uh Peace was the name of the of the app. was a content blocker based on Ghostery technology. So Ghostery, for those unaware, is probably the most popular uh, ad blocker on, on OS X. 10, and it lets you block not only ads and banners, but also and and it, with a special focus, I would say, on uh, web pages that track you across the web, and so all these little JavaScript uh, and other types of scripts that. Uh, you know, publishers used to track your uh, browsing habits and, and preferences. And so by licensing the ghost database, Peace became effectively the most powerful and popular content blocker on the App Store. So it jumped to the first spot on the top charts. And uh, basically, the, the, the tech press went crazy.
0: The internet kind of opened up and exposed all of its badness for a couple of hours on every single side, um, on all sides from readers, users, journalists, podcasters, everyone kind of uh, showed a side to themselves which might upset other people, right? Everybody had their opinions and it really became like a hellscape for for like a day or two. (laughs) And, you know, and that led many people, I mean, I felt really kind of burnt out from the internet for like yep. a few couple of weeks, it was what eventually led to me taking like a whole week away from Twitter um, sometime this year. And the way that it, and it affected Marco, being kind of the figurehead of all of it, he ended up being like the de facto person who was ad blocker guy. So he pulled Peace. That was the big story. I think he pulled his app blocker piece from the App Store and everybody got a refund. And Marco yeah. wrote a really great blog post about why he didn't want to do it and why it didn't feel good to him. That ended up becoming another big story that the tech press all seemed to love so dearly. Um, but now, I mean, and one of the reasons I want to talk about this is we look back at it now, nobody mm-hmm. talks about app blockers anymore. Like, whether they're in use or not, I don't know. But no one's talking about them. No one's gone out of business yet. Like... It doesn't really feel like it had the effect that people expected it was going to. Or if there is an effect, it's going to be much longer than than what we expected. Nothing exploded.
1: I read an article on Nieman Lab a few weeks ago about the, the mobile ad blocking apocalypse hasn't arrived yet. And it talks about like uh, a lot of popular websites are seeing mobile ad blocking in terms of 1% to 7% of their readers. So it's, it's more of a problem on the desktop, really, because uh, ad blockers are, have been around for years on desktop computers. And even if you look at the App Store top charts, for free or paid apps the last time i looked there's no content blocker inside so it, it seems to me like a lot of tech people like us installed a uh, installed a content blocker back in september uh left it enabled but that's just a niche of the you know the, the millions and billions of ios users and people who read popular blogs or websites like the new york times or you know uh the verge or cnet all these m- popular websites with a lot of advertisements. Um, it definitely I I I really I really didn't like the way that a lot of people reacted to to Marcos' decision to pull peace from the App Store. And and I ended up on following a bunch of people really and Fair blocking time. and blocking some because of their reaction on on Twitter. And it kinda uh, it, it, the reason why it made me so upset uh, it was because you know we we can poke fun at each other and it's and you know every day, uh, but a lot of people are so jaded and so cynical. They don't understand there's another person on the other side of the Twitter stream. And in in this case, Marco was just a guy who made a an app using technologies made available by Apple. And in the end, it, it, the kind of reaction that he got, you know, it was just awful from so many sides. And he decided to, 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 to be done with it. And thankfully, Apple uh, made an exception and they issued refunds to everyone about peace. And even at that point, not understanding why someone may not be willing to put himself so, you know, in the spotlight for, you know, and in front of so many negative people, not understanding that, how could you, you know, th- and especially after reading the blog posts from Marco and, and still making fun of him, you know, I just, at a personal level, uh, so many people should really take a break from Twitter and trying to understand how human interactions work. <laughs> uh, but anyway... I mean, in the end, it all worked out. Again, it, we, we were all so upset; uh, it was like the end of the world for everyone, for the App Store, for Marco, for Apple. And I'm not trying to discount the, 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 the you know, the negative stuff that happened to Marco here, but uh, from our side, as you know, commentators and you know, as as an audience,
0: it shook out to a whole lot of nothing. That's what ended up happening, right? It just all shook out, and then there was no aftermath.
1: Yeah, basically, a couple of weeks later. Uh, we move on to something else. And I
0: don't even use a content blocker. Oh, I have one I installed called CookieBox that just blocks the EU cookie notifications. Yeah, that's all it does. I don't. I don't use an ad blocker. It just doesn't sit with me.
1: I use one blocker, and I use it because it's got this custom CSS rules, uh, so it lets me modify the way that I look at some websites. And when I go to those website on, websites on my Mac and they're different because I don't have uh, you know the, those CSS rules, uh, it's so strange. Like I'm not used to all these layouts and ads and banners and boxes and sidebars anymore. What's going on? Uh, but yeah, the, I think our story is similar to many other people. We installed the content blocker many, many months ago, and now it's buried in a, in a, in a folder on our iPhone and we forgot about it. But anyway, September, man, it was crazy.
0: Brings us on to October. Uh, the Apple TV went on sale uh, all of a sudden one morning, without anybody knowing <laughs> that it was going to happen. <laughs> the best yeah.
1: type of release.
0: Yep, it's just like, oh, here we go, it's there now. Uh, that, that that was that then, and then that went on sale, and people bought them or didn't. Uh, Twitter named Jack Dorsey their permanent CEO, after a long back and forth. Uh, they Jack is back. Jack is back, and going to be in trouble the relay fm app launched to the world uh there were new imacs and new smart peripherals that came out in october the steve jobs movie uh featuring somebody that federico doesn't know mr michael fassbender who's the guy exactly (laughs) who is that guy that bombed at the box office and amazon stopped selling the chromecast and the apple tv
1: Mm -hmm. well quite a month i would say mike There was a
0: lot of stuff that happened in October. Uh,
1: I think you meant magic peripherals, not smart. I
0: did mean magic, yeah. Smart (laughs) is iPad, magic is uh, the Mac.
2: Two mini adjectives. Yep.
0: (laughs) Smart and magic and powerful. I'm waiting for powerful. Powerful mouse. That's what I'm looking right. for. Well, they, they
2: they they got rid of that when they moved to Intel. They're like, we're done with power. It's like that. That's not really a sentence you want to have said. <laughs> no more power. <laughs> Woo. Yeah. I mean, out of that, the Apple TV I think is what sticks with me. It's, yeah, sure. It's really become uh, even more so than the previous one. Just the way we watch TV. And yes, there are issues with it. Yes. Um it's sort of a useless remote app. Just now works and wasn't there on day one. While all of us were running our crazy passwords, but overall, it's a huge improvement to what they had. And I think that with or without the over the top service coming, uh, it's still for what it is as a you know a box you plug into your TV to get internet stuff onto it. Uh, really good, and I, I really like ours. And I hope I hope that that they can figure out the developer story. There's issues there. Uh, I hope that they continue to iterate on the first party stuff. There's still some some Apple stuff uh, that's a little weird in places. But overall, I think it's a really good platform for them to build on into the future. And the old one clearly wasn't. And so I'm excited about what it could bring.
1: Yeah, and about the movie, I don't want to repeat myself, but, I mean, is it really a surprise that you use a guy no one knows and then the movie bombs? No, you <laughs> no, be say it. Okay, 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 whatever. <laughs> just, I mean, you draw your own conclusions, people.
0: We're not going through this again. Mm, Michael sure. Fassbender is a
1: huge movie yeah, star. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right? I was so huge, the movie was a huge success.
0: Yeah, but they I also used <laughs> Seth Rogen. They had Danny Boyle direct it and Aaron Sorkin write it. Like, on paper... This was a huge movie. However, mm-hmm. nobody went to
1: see it. Oh, well, guess why?
0: <laughs> it's nothing to do with Michael Fassbender. Okay. All right. We're not. I don't want to have this argument again with you. No, because Just because people... you don't know somebody doesn't mean that they're not a
1: big yes, star. Yes, and some people made that clear to me and to us in emails. Mm-hmm. So I'm sorry. I don't mean to offend you people I listeners. You me. No, no. Well, I don't want to offend you. I mean, well, I, is- I didn't know you took such pride in knowing Michael Fassbender before. Uh, I just, I'm just saying, you know. Again, if you want to run a test, call my mom and ask about Michael Fassbender. And anyway,
0: a little I bit d-
1: of test. Let's, <laughs> <laughs> let's, yeah, you, let's you, move on. You're really
0: kind of setting up the parameters of that test, there, Federica. <laughs>
1: well, my mom or any other friend here. Anyway, What we know on. is
0: Michael Fassbender is unknown in Italy. That's that's all we've come to, to establish. Maybe Thank Italy you. was the was the target market for the movie, and that's why it didn't work out.
1: Thank you. Thank you, Mike.
0: Can you uh, bring us back to something a bit happier, Stephen, for November?
2: Yeah, so uh, we're coming up near to the uh, the present. And November, of course, is the iPad Pro release, which brought a couple of things. It brought, Mike, your review of the Apple Pencil. But uh, much more adorably, uh, the two of you guys finally met.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. in person we didn't talk about michael fassbender at all
1: (laughs) (laughs) i i was expecting mike to show up with a bunch of pictures and magazines with photos of fassbender
0: i bring him with me i'm like look here he (laughs) is look
1: at he's famous you see no no it was it was all very lovely and mike took care of me he 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 brought me from you know we were on the tube uh, and then he paid for, for my ticket with Apple Pay. Uh, it was all very, very magical, uh, you know, to finally see and touch and hug Mike in, in real life. Mm-hmm. Uh, I almost couldn't believe it was real.
0: Well, I had to protect you and your precious cargo.
1: Yes. And so uh, it, it was when when I was back in Rome uh, the, the same night, it, it, it all felt so far away, both in mm-hmm. terms of not just location, but in time, like couple of hours before i was with mike and i was back home uh you know already working of on your dreams on this ipad pro review and man it was it was crazy it was so so great to finally to finally meet mike and of course we we took a bunch of pictures and uh, every once in a while i still i still take a look at the photos so so lovely
0: well i hope that 2016 brings two things it brings more time that we spend together and also brings the first meeting of you two. And I hope that it happens in San Francisco, California. Yeah, me too. So that that's that's my big hope for 2016. Yeah. So Federico, do you want to round us out to the current month that we're in? What happened in December of 2015?
1: So the big news from Apple, as promised, Swift, the programming language from, from Apple, goes open source. It's available on GitHub. And not only is, you know, that kind of open source when, you know, people can see. And Apple is going all in with open source and Swift. They're... you know, they have a mailing list when they can discuss the improvements, uh, reply to feedback from the developer community, and they open source. Now, I'm no programmer, so excuse my terminology, but they open sourced some parts of the programming language that people were not expecting to see. Uh, so, uh, you know, like frameworks and libraries that, you know, were kind of took the developer community by surprise. And not only that, but also, Craig Federighi went on a bit of a press tour with interviews and a guest appearance on the on the talk show with John Gruber to talk about Zwift uh, going open source and what it means for Apple. And based on the first reactions that I've seen from people in the in the past few weeks, uh, they all seem very positive, uh, uh, you know, about you know the the approach that Apple has taken uh, with you know opening up Swift and kind of setting a roadmap for the evolution of the Swift. Swift programming language and the road towards uh, Swift uh, 3.0. I think it uh, should be the next major release. Um, also, from this month, Sketch, the popular design tool for OS X leaves the Mac App Store citing the usual problems with uh, Apple's uh, Mac Store uh, you know uh, such as a lack of uh, trials uh, lack of uh, integration between the developer side and the customer side so for example no way to reply to reviews or to get in touch with the customer no way to offer paid upgrades for existing customers who want to switch to a new version of, of the app and it made quite a few headlines because Sketch was an Apple Design Award winner a few years before, and it's possibly one of the most popular apps for designers on OS ten, and it once again started a discussion on the problems with the Mac App Store and you know all, all the many ways in which Apple left uh, the Mac App Store behind and Mac developers behind when compared to to iOS developers and the iOS App Store. Uh, Apple also released again. One morning you wake up, there's a new Apple product waiting for you. And this time it's a battery case. And so many people went crazy on Twitter that day because of the hump on the case.
0: One of the things about the battery case, which is why I I wanted to be put in there, is it symbolizes another long running theme of Apple this year, which is discussions about battery life. Mm-hmm. Um, and and this kind of really brought it all to a head, where it was like now even Apple is saying that the iPhone battery life could be better. Um, so you know, it it kind of is a way to to sum up that conversation, I think.
1: Yeah, and it you know the case with uh, iPhone six. Uh, and 6s only, not for the for the iPhone 6s Plus. And uh, Apple's excuse seems to be because there's no official statement that if you want more battery, you go with the Plus model because it's bigger. But it's not the same, you know, it's not the same as using a case, because this case gives you uh, more hours of battery life, not just one hour or, you know, maybe two hours that you can get with an iPhone 6S 6S Plus. Uh, Anyway, uh, a lot of people went crazy. Uh, We saw quite a few hot takes on many, many blogs about the design and Apple losing its way. So many hot takes. Uh, Apple losing its way. Apple design got boring, got ugly. Apple is doomed, and you know the usual circles of people and comment, uh, you know about Apple being doomed and Johnny Ive being Satan essentially. Um, Dropbox, <laughs> Dropbox has killed. Mike, I'm sorry, uh, has killed uh, Carousel and Mailbox. No, which, I'm
0: doing pretty good.
1: Oh uh, yeah. So Outlook, tell me-
0: Outlook is is giving me. A new outlook on email.
1: Uh, <laughs> oh <laughs> wow! So for That's those the, who for the palm my, bomb, for those no. who don't know, uh, 2015 has also been the at least the second half has been the year of Mike and CGP Grey discussing. Their crazy email <laughs> problems on Cortex, another yeah. show on Relay FM, and uh, a very peculiar problem is that Mike has a, has its own his own way to manage and uh, respond to emails. So he wants to have certain features that were only available in Mailbox. And when Dropbox kind of abandoned Mailbox unofficially, and then officially uh, said, "Yeah, we're going to discontinue this product," Mike was really sad initially and. He went on a bit of a vision quest to understand what you wanted to use. And eventually it settled on Outlook, uh, which I also use uh, to manage my email on iOS. Uh, The main problem here, Mike, is that there's no Mac version of Outlook. So what is it that you're doing? Um, I'm using,
0: I think a little bit begrudgingly, using AirMail. Uh, Just because the Apple Mail app... Is horrific and I mm-hmm. won't take anybody telling me it's not the thing is a nightmare. It's a disaster. Uh, <laughs> so I'm using airmail right now. Um, and it's it does an okay job. It's fine. It's not uh, disaster. But it's not as good as Outlook is on, you know, on iOS. Yeah. Just flat yeah. out.
1: Yeah, and Outlook, I also named as the runner-up of uh, uh, my iOS app of the year. Such a fine job Microsoft is doing here. Uh, To circle back to Sunrise uh, in February... Um, there, uh, Microsoft has now integrated Sunrise into Outlook. At least they they have started the integration process. They said there were going to be a, a full integration by the end of the year, but right now we've only we've seen basically some of the Sunrise design language being moved into Outlook and an announcement from Microsoft saying, yeah, we're going to integrate Sunrise. Into Outlook with you know all the design touches, all the features and the 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 views available for your calendar, the integrations with third-party services. But right now we've only started doing this. You know we've only started moving from Sunrise to Outlook, and expect to see more. And we're still waiting to see more about it. You know uh, Outlook it. Really, a fine product on the iPhone and iPad and Apple Watch, too, because the you know, the one of the few big companies to fully support WatchOS 2, uh, all the new iOS 9 features, uh, 3D touch, iPad multitasking. Um, it, Microsoft is really being, you know, uh, be, being fast with updates, supporting new iOS features, and ma- they're doing If you ask me, they're doing much, much better than Google uh, when it comes to fully embracing uh, iOS and, and Apple Watch. I would say that the last major Apple news from the, from the year would be Jeff Williams uh, becoming COO of Apple, so taking on to the old Tim Cook role at the company, and Phil Schiller being promoted to be kind of in charge of the app store. I don't know what kind of name well, they use. It's,
0: it's difficult, and there was somebody who was mentioning this to me, and, it, you know, uh, there is a school of thought that Schiller has had something bad happen to him because he's had On Marketing Communications, taken away from him and they have a new SVP in place doing it. Uh, I mean, I don't know what's good or bad, but like Schiller has a new job and uh, you know it doesn't seem like he did anything wrong, right? Like that they would take it away from him. Apple's advertising has been great, but they've gone through a little bit of a restructure again and potentially what they want to do with the app stores are, are too big, right? So maybe he needs to, if they're going to give it to him, he needs to really take a full view on it. So that's just been I mean, a change. Shiloh's role has changed. I don't know whether it's like promotion, demotion, or just like a sideways move. Who knows?
1: Yeah. Not me. And lastly, uh Mike, Stephen, you guys want to talk about the Relay FM memberships.
0: Yeah, it was just a change that we made to our business, I think, um, towards the end of this year. Uh, You know, we... we looked at what you were doing and what jason was doing with six colors and we can see you know if you especially if you look at some of the the ways that people have been looking at making money online over the last year you know we spoke about a bunch of stuff i think it's just important to think about the way that your business runs and the way that your business makes money and we decided that we wanted to try out membership and it's been pretty good so far the response that we've had has been pretty good we're learning a lot we're adapting and growing um and we're trying to get some fun stuff out to our members and we're thinking about the way that we can increase that and this for us is a long-term plan um and we have a long-term view on it so we would really support uh, we would really appreciate it if you supported us or any show at relay fm by becoming a member and and giving money directly to the shows that you love um for everybody that has done that thank you so much it means the absolute world to us that you would consider uh giving us money so thank you so much
1: and I think that about wraps up what happened in December, unless you guys want to add a little more. It's been a big year, man. Yeah.
0: I like doing this. You know, it's it's a nice way to kind of wrap up the year to look back at everything. And I'm excited to see what 2016 is going to bring. Uh, iOS 10, you know, we're going to start yes, talking about yeah. that soon, but I think that's going to be a big deal. I think that's going to be our big
1: story. iPhone 7.
0: Yeah, I mean, the iPhone 7 is going to be... Awesome, obviously, you know, it will do whatever it does. But I just think that just in my mind, that, that 10 number is yeah. mean something significant. Uh, but we'll wait and see. We'll wait and see. Yep. Maybe it becomes like maybe then from then on, we just go 10.1, 10.2. Maybe, maybe 10 is as high as Apple can get. Uh, That's right. And, and then we're just we're just going to continue along the 10 line forever now.
1: Yeah. We'll see.
2: <laughs> as, I'm going to mix up the uh, language a bunch on the show. I'll just go ahead and...
1: Just don't say iOS X. Please.
2: Yeah, uh, no, that's a ridiculous mistake (laughs) that I would not make. (laughs) All right, so I think that about wraps up
0: this week's episode. We have a ton of show notes uh, over at relay.fm slash connected slash 71. You can check those out. They're also, of course, in your podcast app of choice. I want to take a moment again to thank our friends over at TextExpander from Smile and Braintree for helping support this week's episode. Most importantly, thank you all for listening to this show throughout the whole year. We really, really appreciate it. Obviously, we'll be back now in 2016. We all hope that you have a fantastic new year. Um, if you want to find us online, there's a couple of ways you can do that. You can go to maxstories.net to find Federico. You can fi- go to 512pixels.net to find Stephen, and we're all on Twitter. Federico is at Vitici, V-I-T-I-C-C-I. Stephen is at I-S-M-H, and I am at IMYK. E we'll be back next time. Until then, thank you so much for listening. Bye
1: bye. Arrivederci e buon anno. Adios.
2: It's not fair, I don't know any of the Spanish, you know the entire language. (laughs)